0: Here's Lemieux, the center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux, oh my goodness, what a goal,
1: what a move, Lemieux, oh baby. There's a mistake in a
2: throwing puck.
0: Oh, hello there, hockey fans! How are you doing today? It's another episode of Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. It's a uh, it's a Monday on uh, UMFM, five p.m. That's what time it is. You're tuned in, and if you're listening on the podcast, uh, it's any time. Uh, hockey time is any time. Anyway, it's uh, co-host Tom here, and as always, I've got my good buddy co-host Randy with me, and uh, Randy is just ironing his. Uh, His hockey socks. Uh, Randy, is that a normal uh, procedure for you to to iron the the gear?
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know what? Uh, A wise man once said, uh, look good, play good. So uh, I don't know who said that, but they were wise. So I'm going to follow that mantra there.
0: Yeah. And I I like that because, you know, you you look like a team out there. Everybody's matching. You know, you feel good. And uh it it does translate I think maybe to um to to sharper play. It's um, like
1: going for a job interview, you know, yeah. like you got to be sharp yeah. and then it translates to your on-ice play no matter what job you have. So <laughs> in in, right. in in when it all comes down to it everything is a hockey reference.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I've never actually ironed my gear and um I probably shouldn't admit this on air, but I rarely wash it.
1: <laughs> I wash my gear after every bad game that I have yeah. <laughs> to kind of get rid of the sock. Yeah,
0: get rid of the stink, so to speak. Uh, well, Randy, it's uh, season five, episode two. We're going to call this one the Tim Horton. And you, listener, probably say, what? Tim Horton was number two? I remember him being like number three or various other numbers, but... Uh, well, for Buffalo, the last two seasons of his career, he wore number two, and um, of course, Tim Horton's life uh, cut tragically short um, in a in a car accident, I believe, commuting between Buffalo and and you know Southern Ontario somewhere. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, his last two seasons, of which he was aged 43 and 44. So he was, he was like a Zidane Chara type maybe, of guy. Yeah,
1: maybe player coach-ish. Right, yeah, uh, yeah pulling Reggie, the Reggie Dunlop yeah.
0: there. Um, yeah, he had a, a two seasons in Buffalo, 69 games and 55 games, uh, recorded just one goal and, you know, 22 assists for them. Excuse me. Um, but like I say, yeah, you say he's probably just going, doing the old uh, player-coach type of thing. Um, but, of course, Tim Horton, known for his, his time with the Toronto Maple Leafs, of which he ended up playing uh, 20 years in Toronto. He also had two seasons with the New York Rangers. Um, but yeah, 20 seasons with Toronto, over 1,100 games, 458 points, um, 1,389 penalty minutes in his career with Toronto, and uh, was a plus 151. Wow. Uh, within his Toronto Maple Leaf career, uh, he would have he would have won you know a Stanley Cup probably four well four times he won a Stanley Cup he was an All Star six times and of course he's in the Hall of Fame and of course Tim Horton these days to you and I Randy and to uh, average Joe Canadian um, Tim Tim Hortons is is a a, a chain of coffee. Sh- Shops.
1: <laughs> and now apparently they have poutine. so. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, everybody should have poutine, really. Um, but, Randy, it's exciting times in the uh, world of hockey cards and Tim Hortons. Speaking of, it's uh, Tim Hortons hockey card season. Have you gotten a pack yet?
1: I have. I have bought, uh, I've purchased quite a few. <laughs> Actually, yesterday I had to pick up a fellow garage leaguer. And uh, lo and behold, there was a Tim Hortons on the way, so I had to pull in. Went in Rome. <laughs> yeah. Went in Rome, yes. So actually, I, you know, I'm working towards... I, I have a full set from last year, and I'm going to do it again this yeah. year. Because, yeah. uh, like you said, it went in Rome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so with your full set last year, did you um, uh, just buy packs until you got the full set and ended up with a bunch of doubles? Did you do some trading? Yeah, trading.
1: How- uh, my dad col- uh, collects it, and then also my nephew. So. Yeah. Between, uh, you know, my dad's doubles and then my nephew's doubles, we we make the swaps and, uh, you know, there you have it. But nice. uh, I don't know. There's just something about Tim Horton's hockey cards yeah. now. It, like how it used to be McDonald's yeah. upper deck cards yeah. back in the day. I don't know if they still do that or not. I don't think so. But yeah. I
0: remember they had yeah, the upper deck <laughs> I guess deck
1: Tim Horton's has the license now or something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. The coffee is okay but the hockey it's cards hot. are great <laughs> yeah
0: yeah the ho- yeah worth the trip for the hockey cards um yeah i like it i there was one year i was stuck up north working and i just like ended up at tim horton's you know every every morning <laughs> and buy i buy like two packs with my coffee basically
1: well it's a it's a requirement yeah, two yeah. Pa- a two pack a day habit <laughs> <laughs> a healthy habit yeah, yeah um but yeah no i like it's it's a great time of the year for 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 hockey cards, but also like the start of the season but the one thing that kind of bums me out, and you know it's just the 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 nature of the game but you open up your packs and then like I got a Goudreau, but in Calgary right you know like I kind of hate the you know yeah. they're kind of behind, but hey you know beggars uh, can't be choosers and, they, uh,
0: <laughs> they need to have like an airbrush guy on the production line right as they're packaging them up there and uh <laughs> Be like, oh, Goudreau in Columbus, and then yeah, they just got quickly the, put him the on the like, uh, like the,
1: Voracek's body or something. <laughs> <laughs> the,
0: the 80s uh, hockey card airbrush. And when we talked to past guest Ken Reed a couple seasons ago, now I guess it was, um, yeah, we had a good uh, chat about that. And if you check out Ken Reed's book, he's got a whole chapter, I think, about uh, airbrush jobs it, on and hockey helmets
1: cards. and hair and <laughs> mustaches and all that fun yeah, stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah um of course so another uh, reason Tim Hortons is kind of in the headlines these days hockey wise is they just announced that they were pulling their sponsorship from uh, Hockey Canada along with you know Telus and Canadian Tyre and Nike today. Nike all the sponsors basically are pulling out um, <clears throat> in relation to the sort of scandal and and uh I don't I mean I don't know what you could really even call it it's a scandal but it's like more than that like it's not just a scandal I feel like but um anyway that's it's pretty wild what's happening right now I think right like this is um like we I don't think there's ever been like a national organization that's ever like fallen from grace so quickly like this
1: oh and like two things actually uh you know we're recording this on Saturday or Friday um the 7th yeah, um, And this is airing in two days. So Nike just pulled out today. So who knows what's going to be happening over the weekend and on, on to Monday. But just thinking into the future, is there a whole new organization coming? Like, right. is it? are they going to just st- stop Hockey Canada and then something else will take its place? Like, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple weeks and months. Yeah, Uh, because
0: at this point that I know of, the executives and whatnot have not resigned. You know, they're still there. The board is still intact, all that. So, will the government, if they have the power, I don't know, uh, mm -hmm. can they force them to uh, step down? Can they dissolve the board? Like, can, you know, like...
1: um, Well, I guess ultimately, if they have no money, it's like, kind of Choking it, yeah. choking it out. I guess yeah. like with no sponsorship dollars and no funding from the government. Yeah. But I guess I think the big thing that's looming is apparently I think Bob Nicholson is, um, I guess being interviewed or whatever the process Testifying is called. Testifying or whatever. Yeah, next it. next week, and he was a big part of uh, Hockey Canada for the past like twenty some odd years or yeah. whatever, and he currently works for the Oilers, so. You know, next next week could uh, could be quite telling for the future of hockey Canada. Right,
0: <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. And uh, at the end of the day, I hope that you know there's some some justice uh, for the victims. And you know, like I just kind of I hope that whatever comes out of all of this, the ashes of hockey Canada, you know, that the whatever the next iteration is is better. <laughs> like, and I think that you know seems to be the general consensus of, of all Canadians that I've kind of spoken to who have an opinion about it it's just like it's unbelievable to see how far it's gone like this and i mean you know somebody at at our hockey last night said you know it's not like it's shocking to learn that uh hockey culture junior hockey culture is uh (laughs) a little bit gross right
1: like everybody knew that yeah yeah (laughs) Um, yeah, I guess you could say it's the darkest days of Hockey Canada <laughs> which is the perfect segue to uh, this song from Good Riddance coming up here there we go but uh, just to, to prelude or you know we got an interview with Russ Rankin coming up but um, I guess Russ what Russ was here in Winnipeg what a few weeks, a ago? Couple we weeks saw, ago we saw yeah. him Sukrums playing a show there
0: yeah so Russ played a solo show He's the front man of the band Good Riddance, and then Good Riddance played the next night at a sort of a punk fest here in Winnipeg. And um, yeah, if you don't know Russ, what, he's a he's a WHL scout for the Tri City Americans of uh, of the WHL. For he's the scout for California, which is where he lives. And um, yeah, he's uh, an interesting guy to talk to about hockey. He knows his stuff and he's a big hockey fan and uh, this is the second time we've uh, had him on the show. First time we met him in person, last time was on Zoom. So uh, yeah, we had a real great chat with him coming right up after this song. So here's uh, Good Riddance with uh, Darkest Days. Thanks uh, for joining us, Russ. Pleasure to uh, be sitting here with you. We're here at the uh, beautiful Travel Lodge in uh, lovely Winnipeg, Manitoba, Tova, Manitoba. I don't even know the name of the province I live in, but uh, anyway, uh, you guys, uh, good riddance are passing through town here. So we'll um, we'll chat about maybe some of that in a little bit. But hey, the reason we're here, we're going to talk some hockey. Uh, Russ, big off season for the New Jersey Devils. That's your team. Yes. What do you? Do you like it? What's uh, your, you know, what's your take on the off season? I'm happy with
3: it. It was a struggle because uh, Devils Twitter, Devils Twitter is kind of a, a rough place to be sometimes. And so when, when well, first of all, they all, they all want to fire Lindy Ruff. And I'm telling myself, well, you could have put Scotty Bowman behind the bench with the goaltending that we had, the Devils held last season. and it would have been the same result, probably. And I don't think Lindy Ruff's a problem. Uh, I did like the staff moves they made under him. And but devil's Twitter, like as soon as, as soon as Johnny Goudreau's got free agent and is going to leave Calgary, everybody on devil's Twitter is like, we got to get Johnny Gaudreau, And I'm thinking to myself, well, he's a good player. He's from the area. He's a really good player. Also comes with kind of a circus, kind of a sideshow, And I don't know that he's really a team guy. Maybe he is. I could have more. I don't know him. But I'm thinking, well, why don't we just keep what we got and see what we get without, you know, without Jack Hughes being injured early in the season and all the other things that happened with the goaltending. So so he goes to Columbus, and I'm like, okay, cool. I don't have to hear about that anymore. And then then Matthew Kachuk, mm-hmm. and then it's all over again. And uh, trade everybody for Matthew Kachuk. And I'm just like, well, Matthew Kachuk's great. He's a great hockey player. And and all of that, but uh, yeah, and I, I put something on Twitter about it, and, and I got all kinds of abuse from Devil's Twitter over that, and I, I just feel like sometimes the shiny new toy is not always gonna fix your problem. Definitely. And I kinda like the Devil's, there's this young core they've got of players, and and I believe that with, his, with injury-free and with his head right, that Mackenzie Blackwood is, a, is an elite goaltender. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he, had, he didn't have a great year last year. So yeah, he was I hurt. He was there's...
3: hurt all the time. There was all the COVID stuff, and yeah. but I, I believe that when his head's right, when he's when he's on his game, and when he's not injured, he had a, he also had a injury problems last year that never really went away. Yeah. He was never right. So yeah, I, the, the offseason, I think they got a little bit stronger and meaner on defense with Brendan Smith, and I think like I love Ty Smith as a Western Hockey League defenseman, and I I, I was hoping that he would. Translate that that game into the in the NHL, and he still might, and, I, and I'm rooting for him. But it so far hadn't really panned out. He's and pretty young yet. He's young, uh, but his his deficiencies are, are everybody's are when you get to the NHL. But like he his his game that he had in the Western Hockey League had not translated yet, and I think John Marino is is a much better player than he is at, the, at this point in his career.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So getting John Marino. Who's a solid dependable uh, d man getting brennan Smith who 's got some snarl to his game and some size I think that I think that helps their helps their back end, and I think signing and uh, uh, Haller was really good too
1: so I brought you a couple gifts for coming on the show today. <laughs> I got you a Jack Hughes card and uh, Piltte here still oh, nice. in, in Tampa, but uh, you know maybe you. You, you can uh, like, I, honestly, f- see, seeing Pilates playoff performance and uh, seeing what we had going on in Winnipeg, it's like that would have been a guy who would have fit really nicely here, Like I think, like, you know, if, if uh, Chevy would have made that kind of splash. But I thought it was cool to see him go to New Jersey because, I, you know, especially, you know, playing beside Hughes yeah. and some some of the younger guys, it's going to be good to have someone like that. Like, what do you think about what does
3: Palat add to the Devils? Well, he, he adds scoring, th- he adds scoring, and he adds... He adds, hey, I just won a couple Stanley Cups, because you can't ever, have, can't ever have too many of those guys, especially in a room full of young, younger, younger players who have been through sort of some, a few difficult seasons. So all, the, all that these guys know is, is more losing than winning. Mm-hmm. And to bring someone like this into your room who brings a winning culture and, and kind of, when and if the Devils can get themselves into the playoffs, having somebody that's been through that grind is going to be huge and he's played a lot of playoff
0: hockey yeah, in the yeah, last couple because of seasons
3: I mean I just know from from the Devils of a, a while ago that having the having that experience there's nothing about nothing can be nothing's the same as having that experience so these younger players that are just they just know more losing than winning and, and like oh the future's bright but they're all they're all like yeah but we're you know we want to we want to win now mm-hmm. and to bring bring in someone like this I think is is invaluable in a lot of intangible ways in the room. Plus, he's a good—he's a good player. He's gritty and he can score. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think the Ray Shiro, hes the GM of the Devils, no. right? No, no. It's,
1: uh, uh, who is it now?
3: It is uh, Tommy Fitzgerald. Yes, Fitzgerald, right. yeah, yeah. Great. Um Yeah, he
0: had—he had himself a pretty good offseason, like. I saw something about how they did make Johnny Goudreau an offer, um, and they kind of thought that he was coming there, so I can imagine Devil's Twitter when they found out that
3: he wasn't. Well, I, I think they had a good. I think they had a good it, summer. I think Fitz had a good summer addressing what the needs were. What the yeah. needs were. Yeah. yeah. Devil's Twitter thinks it was a horrible summer because they didn't yeah, get the shiny new get, toys. Yeah. yeah. But like you test. said,
0: like it's better off that way, um, and. Uh, Goaltending-wise, yeah, we mentioned Blackwood didn't. You know, he was injured. There was...
3: They used about six goalies last year. Not, yeah. one, of them, not one of them could make a save.
0: Right. So they picked up v- Vanacek from from uh, Washington. Do you think he's going to be a, a, a 1B or a backup? Or He'll what's backup. his
3: role? Yeah. So uh. they, the last two seasons, they've started the season with a veteran backup, and both times it has, like, Corey Crawford didn't even end up playing because of mm-hmm. surgery. The same thing happened with Bernier last year. Right. Yeah. And so that having a proven pro, a proven NHL goalie. I mean, Vanek's still pretty young, but he's played well when he's played. You got to have that guy pushing your number one goalie, and also make taking some of the heat off him. So I think that that's a an ideal scenario for them. Yeah. If 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 Mackenzie Blackwood is 100% healthy and his head's right. I think he's like I said. I think he's an elite goalie in the NHL. For uh,
1: being uh, sorry, for being a Devils fan, how much like you pay attention to the team, but do you pay attention to also the other teams in the division to see kind of where they stack up? Like the Islanders, I guess you could say, didn't really do too much. I think they were in the mix for some some players and didn't really get them done. The Rangers are kind of looking a little bit different. They lost Kopp. You know, Pittsburgh's kind of going with the same core. Like. You know, where where do you think the Devils stack up uh, with with the rest of the Met?
3: Better than last year, I, th- I think they're going to be gaining on the Islanders, who I think are just old. Mm-hmm. I think the Islanders are an older team. And also, are, was, they, so they were fired
0: of, trots, which was a bizarre yeah. move in my eyes. But what do I know? They were sort <laughs> of, I think the
3: Islanders were sort of built a couple of years ago for a for a protracted run, and I think that it hasn't worked out. And I think that I think that Lou has burned a lot of. Uh, his, his cap room and and just banked everything on on loading up with these veterans, and I think that the Rangers are ahead of schedule with like what they're doing. I think they. And they have Shosturkin, who's yeah insane, an insanely good goalie. Yeah.
0: He carried that. I mean, the Rangers are a good team, but he without just sh- without. Uh, I think the devil's set
3: hands. up to have more depth than a lot of these teams through their lineup. If everything hits right, uh, Pittsburgh is a little bit older, too, still, but they what they've done a good job of is keeping the core the important players together,
2: mm-hmm.
3: same way the Kings and the Blackhawks did and just sprinkling in like people around them. And so p- clearly the cl- clearly Pittsburgh wants to go for one more run. Mm-hmm. So they they wouldn't have they wouldn't have thrown all that money at Latang and and, yeah. uh, and Gino brought Malcolm back yeah, yeah.
0: I, I I was kind of
1: looking
0: I was kind of looking at Pittsburgh uh, at their roster recently because I was thinking about like how they've kind of done that kept the core together but they're all aging now and Sid's thirty six or yeah. whatever he is now thirty five or something but um, like you think of Gensel as being kind of the young guy he's like twenty eight now yeah. yeah so they're. As a team, they like the 40 goals they're, they're getting up there a little bit. Well, with but.
3: college guys, you always think they're young because you, they they haven't been in the league long, but they don't come in the league as early as yeah, like yeah. guys that aren't college. So college are. guys are they're they're older when they start. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, I th- and I think that Washington's still good, and Carolina's just a beast. Like it's a yeah. tough division. It's really, yeah. really, really hard.
0: Yeah. Do you th- so prediction time? Do you think the Devils have a shot at like a wild card this year? Yes.
3: Yeah. If everybody stays healthy, yes. Yeah. Yes, I do.
0: And um, who who do you think is the team to beat in the East? Overall, like, I mean, like Florida had such a great year last year, and they're running back mostly the same team, new coach, couple. Now. now they got Kachuk you know Huberto's
3: out and I think uh, Florida I think Florida is not as good as everybody thinks they are I think they're they're a really good team but I I, I didn't I wasn't buying it like all the hype yeah and I think too that with Florida that group you, ne- you need to lose before you can win so they'll probably come back hungrier hungrier I think Huberto is a better player than Kachuk just barely um yeah, I don't know. I, and Tampa Bay is always going to be good. Yeah, Carolina is going to be good. I, you can't count Boston out. It's probably you know this is the same the same teams kind of from last year that I think will be there at the end. But I do think that there there's room for a couple other a couple other teams in there.
1: So transition maybe over to like you know a little bit of scouting, but also it's like prospects and stuff like that. Like a question for you. Um, uh, watching the draft and seeing Shane Wright like, drop down, uh, you know Montreal didn't take him, and then the Devils were up for number two. Did you think that they were gonna t- take a shot at him, or did you kind of know, like, well, you know, as a fan, like, what, I, what, what I, do you want to see? I, as
3: a as a fan of hockey, I, I have to admit I had no idea who this player the Devils drafted was before they drafted him. Simon
0: Nemec? Yeah, I had
3: no idea. From
0: Slovakia. So
3: I, I thought they, I assumed they would land on Wright just because His the, name other was guy was, the other guy wasn't there. And I was hoping they wouldn't, I, I think Shane Wright's a lot of, got a lot of talent, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, so then if it, it, if it wasn't going to be Wright, I was hoping it would be like Logan Cooley or somebody like that. And when they drafted that D-man, that Slovakian D-man, I was like, who the hell is this guy? But then I, looked, <laughs> yeah. then I looked him up and I did some research, and, and they, it sounds like they made a, a really solid pick.
0: What, what specifically do you like about Nemec like, uh, that you've sort of
3: read about or, or seen? Um... So the, the stuff I read about him uh, from other scouts was that he is strong and he's ready to play now. And he's got a big offensive upside to his game, but he's a really mature player, and so that's that's good for them. Because I I think you to win you got to build from the from the net out. So you got to have solid solid goaltending and then defensemen and then and then forwards. Like basically whatever the Edmonton Oilers do, do the opposite. You'll probably <laughs> you'll yeah. probably win. Yeah. And so having having somebody like that in a, in a defense core that already I think has improved over last year not not saying that will be on the team this year but he has a shot
0: mm-hmm. has
3: yeah a when shot. you look
0: at the devil's blue line you, know. you got you know you're freddie hamilton dougie you know, Doug- or dougie, dougie hamilton yeah. sorry and um and then some of the other guys we already mentioned you know so nemich as an 18 year old maybe he's going to get in some games probably like you would have to think or yeah we'll
3: see we'll see how he looks in the preseason yeah how he looks at development camp and stuff
0: yeah um with the uh, hockey season kind of ramping up how is that uh you know your your scouting career is that kind of i mean it's probably always going on but do you
3: no nothing really in the summer yeah well i just came from camp so we had our camp I finished like two days ago three days ago so that's usually where it starts like we go to camp and then up in uh, Kennewick Washington where Tri-City plays and then we then we go back and all of us start scouting in our, our areas so like I'm, I'm already looking at the, sc- the California schedule for for the Bantam teams I'm going to be watching
1: can you tell us what's involved with that like are you traveling a lot like and you're going to look at specific players and you got to kind of like see if they check certain boxes or like, you know, or, or are you trying to find maybe some undiscovered talent too? like what, what goes into some of your scouting uh, trips?
3: Well, I just cover California. So my travel at the most would be where I live in Santa Cruz down to like Southern California. So like going down to that going down there and going to see hockey in like Orange County, uh, LA, other places down there. And so we're, and we scout Bantam players, so 14 turning 15. So this year we'll be scouting 08s, 08, the 08 birth year. So they're really young, right? They're, and they can't play in our league really till they're 16. So what you're really doing it, it, in, for most of our scouts in the, in Western Canada, Bantam players up here already know about the Western Hockey League, have probably been to a bunch of games, probably know all the players yeah. and probably want to play in that league. In California, it's a little bit different. Not a lot of parents know about it or have ever heard of it, or what they have heard isn't good. Mm-hmm. So I have to debunk some myths about our league. I have to educate parents about what what the advantages of it are, what happens, what's what's up with the education package, things like that uh, that, that Canadian scouts don't have to deal with. But then other, other than that, when you start your scouting season, I'm going to see the best the Bantam, the, the AAA Bantam teams in California, which they're usually three, maybe four. And the first couple of games, it's like I'm gonna try to identify the, the players, like try to identify the elite players. And then once I've identified those, then I'm going back to see those players more. Mm-hmm. So there's three or four teams in California that I gotta cover, and I'll see all of them probably like four to six times. Just like a busy weekend, I'll go to run rink to another, like. They all play each other, and then in February there's the state championships, and Pacific District USA Hockey Pacific District, and those are both uh, things that I go to.
0: Are there is there ever any like uh, names of kids you know you've heard of before you see them,
3: like where you're like okay keep an eye out for this guy or? Yeah, well we have, uh, I don't know who I actually don't know who compiles this, but when I print out my rosters because we scouting in scouting we use a software called RinkNet. It's like the industry standard, NHL uses it, everybody uses it. And every team gets to kind of tweak it and make it be however they want with like their grading system and whatnot. So if I'm putting a game in RinkNet that I'm gonna go to, I could print out the rosters from there and there will already be highlighted players. Mm. And I don't know whether that comes from our head scout or where. Um, And so it's a good guide, but I also think that your eyes will tell you. Mm -hmm. So there may be a player that everyone's talking about, and so they get the watch put on them, and maybe there's another better player on their on their team. Uh, so I don't really go by that too much. But when I print them out, there is there are things designated. But then also, throughout the year as we're scouting, and I'm submitting reports, and I'm grading players, then those players, we have uh, like a P1, P2, P3, which is priority for players, and they're different color-coded. So. As I put the reports in, the rosters will reflect that. And if I head scout or somebody sees the same player, then their report goes in there. And so that player may become a P1 or a P2, just to let anybody else know who may see them.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And then there's we have one, one player that came to our camp that we listed from California, and we didn't sign him. And he is in 06, so he's gonna be playing 16 AAA this year. As long as he is on our list still, I'm going to probably go watch him a couple times. Oh, okay. He had a decent camp. But I don't know if he had a great camp. But So we'll see. Like, if if the if our head would ever takes him off the list, then I won't need to go see him. If he stays on our list, then I'm definitely going to go see him some more.
2: Right.
0: But, yeah, I guess at 16, you know, yeah, you can play in the WHL at 16, but mostly it's a 17-, 18-year-old league, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, so he's... <laughs> I guess there'd be some... Some kids develop later than others and, and whatnot, so it's but it's a, it's a
3: balance it's a balance of making sure that you don't have too many players or not enough at a specific of a specific birth year at a specific position because right. it cycles through. Yeah. And with a sixteen year old with our league, you have to give them when they sign a, a standard player agreement, they're guaranteed forty games. So forty games they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna dress for. But how much they play that night is is another thing, and that's going to leave what thirty two games they may not play, mm-hmm. so it's a lot of sitting in the press box. So is that player's game going to be helped by being around the atmosphere, around the team, with the coaches, with the with a being on the ice every day practicing? Is their game going to elevate, or is it going to be better if they go back and play triple AAA? And also like if we if you sign if you think a player has has more options, and they're sort of like trying to weigh their options and you're trying to push yourself as, hey, we're the best option. If you can get that player to sign, then you kind of owe it to them to, to, the, to let them play. I'm not a huge fan of 16 year olds signing. I mean, unless you're Ryan Nugent Hopkins or somebody like that, but we have a few 16 year olds that are going to play this year and uh, including one from California. And we'll see, we'll see how it goes. So I, I just hope that they're, I would hope that a player who's 16 understands the expectation that I might not get in every game. Mm-hmm. And even if I'm in a game, my ice time is not going to be what I'm used to was used to in Bantam or whatever or 15s. So hopefully the other stuff like I said like the the off-ice stuff, the the workouts, the being around the team, being around our coaching staff and being on the ice as much as they'll be practicing will be will help them elevate their game so that when they are 17 then they're good to go.
1: Mm-hmm. How many years have you been
3: scouting? I started in 2007 with the Kootenai Ice.
1: Okay, so in, in you know the, the years that you've been doing it, um, are there any players that you saw playing Bantam that are in the NHL right now? Yes. Like, like who,
3: who are some that you would have saw kind of coming through the ranks? My first year, uh, Matt Nieto was playing for the LA Selects. He was clearly the best Bantam player in California at that, that time. He was in 92. But he also made it really clear, and so did his family, to their credit, that they were not interested in the league. Like he was already gonna go to Boston University, which he ended up doing. Mm-hmm. And I wanna see, Eric Comrie. Oh yeah. Eric Comrie. So the 95 birth year was really strong. There was an LA Selects team that Mark, Eric Comrie was the goalie of that was just unstoppable. And Adam Ernie was on that team as well. He's from Connecticut, but he was billeting and playing bandom hockey in L.A. Mm-hmm. And he's in the NHL now. And Thatcher Demko was playing on the San Diego junior goals. He's in 95. He was a really good goalie. He still is. Uh, Austin Matthews was at a every April the league, the Western Hockey League has like a U.S. Prospects camp in Anaheim. So all the any U.S. players that are in our territory, which is basically like Minnesota to Texas and West. Okay. can can get invited to that camp, kind of like a split up into teams and do practices and scrimmages. Those are all the players that are eligible for a U.S. draft. And so the year, uh, Austin Matthews Bannamere, he was at that camp. And he had unbelievable hands and and hockey sense, but at that point he, he was still kind of gangly. Like he didn't have the, like, the, the lower body strength that he has now to just protect the puck and mm-hmm. just kind of be you, like, you soldier. can't t- you can't take the puck from him. Nobody yeah. can, yeah. but he wasn't he wasn't that guy back then. But you could sort of see uh, Matt Barzell, Burnaby Winter Club came down to play a tournament in L.A. and I saw Matthew Barzell play as Bannermir. He's insanely good player.
0: Um, Do you, have you found over your your time scouting and watching hockey in in Southern California that um, California players maybe would. Go to say Minnesota or Massachusetts or wherever else in the states that are more hockey sort of markets or whatever to play their USHL or what you know like as soon as they're sort of able to go elsewhere, do you find that's the case, or is there more? It's um, a good
3: question. Yeah, I was just having a conversation with uh, some parents about this the other day. So up to sixteen AAA in California is still pretty good. After that, it's not so much. 18 AAA, not so much. Because by then all the players have left. So the, the good players have all left. So they're either, they're either playing in the Western Hockey League, they are playing in prep schools, like prep academies, mostly on the East Coast, Northeast, like New England, there's tons of like, tons of prep schools up there that that players get drafted out of for the NHL. or they're Or they're, on, their, on the path to playing NCAA college hockey, which means they're going to be playing in the USHL. Or if they're not good enough for that, they're playing in the North American Hockey League. Or they've made the national team, which a couple, a couple of California guys have. So they're playing the national team development program, U-17s or whatever.
1: So along with scouting, you know, the Bantam players, are you watching Tri-City games, too, just to kind of see what the
3: team is looking like? Or? I don't get to go to games because there's no, none in California. So I I have the WHL Live, so you can watch all the games online. Mm-hmm. And I I'd try to watch a few. But uh, last year I watched more than I'd ever watched, but we had a really, really tough year last year. We were a young team, especially on the back end, and it was really rough to watch most nights.
1: <laughs> Curious so to did. hear what your thoughts are about the Winnipeg Ice like, you know, they moved from Kootenai, uh, and now, you know, they had a pretty strong year last year. Like, where do you, where, you what just, what's your perspective of the team? From, that Savoie
3: player was pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. they uh, A guy that played for us, uh, Morgan Geeky, who's with Seattle Kraken now, his younger brother played the Winnipeg guys, too.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, they they were both drafted pretty high in the first round this year, too, in the NHL draft. Yeah, and the Winnipeg
3: guys seem to be, Seem to have seemed to be pretty good. Yeah, they had that
0: Carson Lambos yeah. uh, on defense. He got drafted as well. They had a they had a good team. They they fell a little short in their playoff.
3: Where do they play? Dreams, um, at the university. With, they okay, they don't play where the Jets play.
0: No, 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 they're building a new rink apparently, but I think that's kind of whether or not that's happening. Yeah, there's been there's away. been talk about it, but um, yeah, no, they. I, I guess that's the funny thing about junior hockey, WHL, is like the cy- the, the cycles the team go th- through, you know, as they ramp up for maybe like they say, okay, in three years we're gonna be like a team that, you know, is Memorial Cup worthy or whatever. Yeah. Um So they'll have like a, a dry spell where they've got a younger team and yeah. then they all age together. Have the has Tri City? I don't know. Like, have they ever hosted the Memorial Cup or no? I don't think so um have they have they
3: made it to the memorial Club? i should know this but i don't <laughs> yeah i'm not sure either uh I, I think i think so i mean there's like cause down in the down by the locker rooms and stuff there's pictures of there's pictures of them holding a trophy up yeah and we had uh like a, a record of i think seven consecutive 40 win seasons that got snapped in 2013. So there's a lot of good history with with the team. It's just it's going through a, yeah, like last year was really tough. It was it was really bad most nights, and and a lot of it is just the getting hitting hitting on the right mix of players at the right time. A lot of it is how committed and involved are your are your 20s your overage players, because sometimes you get some guys that are just they're done. They're kind of just. They're going through the motions, mm-hmm. or you have guys that are like on a on a pro bubble, and so they've got kind of one foot out the door already. Like they don't really want to be there; they'd rather be playing pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you get guys that are that are committed, that are inclusive, that are because that's what happened in, in Kootenai, We won the we won the Western Hockey League championship in 2011 when I was there, and on paper we didn't have as good a team as the teams we beat in the playoffs, but we had this core of vets, like our 20 year olds, that basically convinced everybody in the room that we could beat anybody.
1: Oh
3: yeah. Like we played Portland in the league championship and they, they had, um, you know, Ryan Johansson was on that team. They had like really good players. And so if you looked at the rosters, you'd be like, well, Portland's gonna take this in four games. And and these vets just, our vets just like convinced our, our whole room, the young guys, everybody, mm. that that we're, they were going to take Portland's will to play hockey away, and they did. <laughs> wow. So it really depends on what's who's in the room.
2: Because
3: mm-hmm. you can kind of look, because these players are like, you can look at a player and be like, well, this, these are his stats, these are his attributes. But with with hockey, as you guys know, like you're only you're on the ice for 45 seconds at a time. You're only touching the puck a little bit every game. So it's really about who else is there. And it's also about what kind of what kind of room do you have? Is it like is it like scattered or people just kind of doing their own thing or is it united? Is it like, mm-hmm. and so that really makes a big difference. And I like, I like where we're at right now with our vets and this camp we just had was, was amazing. Cause I don't ever get to see the Canadian kids play like the younger kids. I just, I'm in California. So I go to camp and I get finally get to see the '06s and '07s, and man, there's some skill. And we had four goalies on our list who all played great. And so really excited about that. I think this year we'll, we'll turn a page and hopefully have a, a much better season. But again, the US division, it's a tough division. Everett's always good. Portland's always good. Yeah. Seattle's been on a really good run lately. Uh, Spokane had kind of a down year, but they're still a good team, so yeah.
0: Well, to try to catch the Tri-City when they, they come out here once a year, I think, don't they? We do, do at
1: least one Easter Yeah,
0: Yeah, we'll have to try and catch them when they come to play the ice this year. Yeah. We went we, we went to one ice game last year in the playoffs, but uh last year was a weird year because of COVID and everything. So
3: Yeah, it was strange too. Like I, I was season tickets for the Sharks, and it's like it's cool. I got to go watch some games last year, but like having the clear app and waiting in line to get in and showing your kill code and wearing a mask the whole game, I was like, it just kind of takes the fun out of it. Yeah. Like I'm I'm willing to do it. It's not a problem. It's not about that. It's just like the, the whole experience kind of goes down a notch you know mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to going back to I mean the sharks are gonna be probably a dumpster fire this year but <laughs> it' just still fun to go to the games like I, I'm not a sharks fan per se so I, I root for them when I go. yeah but for me it's more like I'm lucky I get to live close enough like you guys to where like you get to go see the best players in the world like yeah. Yeah. some of them happen to play for the for the Jets, which is great but like the ones that come through you know you get to see, yeah. Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby and and Alex Ovechkin and all these guys, so we're lucky to live near NHL teams.
1: It's funny, back in the day though, like with the original Jets, there would always be the, they would call it the Winnipeg flu. So like, you know, Pittsburgh would come, but Lemieux would get the Winnipeg flu, so he wouldn't come (laughs) here.
3: (laughs) Like, like, oh, it's gonna be a small bar, no one's gonna be there, like I'll just take the night off. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, a couple more minutes to go here, but uh, if you want to just kind of give us, like, what's going on? Like, we saw you play last night at Sukrum's uh, solo, and then t- t- tonight uh, uh, you're playing the Park Theater with The Good Riddance. What- what's new in the music world for you? What's going on these days?
3: My solo album came out this past year, so I've been t- and I got a booking agent, so I've been t- trying to play as much as I can with that. And then the band is... Obviously, we don't play as much as we used to, but we still have fun doing it. And we got opportunities to play with everybody's schedule. Uh, it's, it's really fun. It's fun that we get to keep doing it. And it's really humbling and cool that people still care enough to want to come out and, and see it.
1: Uh, are you ever scouting? And does anyone be like, hey, that's Russ like from Good Riddance? Like, do you get recognized at the rink sometimes?
3: Yeah, the worlds, they don't collide much. <laughs> yeah. uh, the other night, I was, because I play in a men's league, and so I, I or a Thursday night game, and I'm, I'm sitting in the, on the bench and between between play between whistles like uh, one of uh, one of our songs came on. It was kind of funny <laughs> you know, cuz they just have like a playlist that plays. Yeah. And I've been at a couple of tournaments where that happened. Um that was kind of funny. Cool. But you know, a couple times cuz a lot of our a lot of our fans are older so they have kids. So I'll be at I'll be at a rake like this happened in in LA and El Segundo. I was scouting and uh you know, I'm wearing like I don't dress like this when I go scouting like I'm wearing, like Dress, dress clothes, like nice, nice stuff, track jacket and like slacks and dress shoes and stuff. And so I'm watching the game, and and it turns out like there's there's public skating on the other one of the other rinks. And so the, that guy's there with his kids, and he starts freaking out and wants to take a picture with me. <laughs> yeah, so it was <always> weird. <laughs> that happens. That happens like once in a while. Yeah.
0: yeah. Nice. Well. Uh... I guess we're pretty much out of time here, so we'll wrap things up. Uh, let's go out on a good riddance song, or well, let's go out on any, let's go out on a solo, uh, something from your new solo album. Uh, is there a track in particular you'd uh, want us to spin here? I like the song True Believers a lot. Okay, yeah, yeah. you played that one last night, and yeah. Uh, yeah, good stuff. All right, so this is True Believers by Russ Rankin on Talking Hockey, the hockey talkin' show
4: have cursed him before The ones designed and perfected in secret and he's the owner of opinions just as if they were faded to part No silence reverberation there's a message defined in believing and he's the author. Of his confusion Possessing facts yet refusing to use them He's waiting, undated For a decision he knows will change everything She's frozen, words unspoken On a future she'll never be First impressions, so many questions. Where's the logic in what he is feeling? It's hours later and he can't shake her. She's in his heart now and he's a believer. He's waiting frozen, words spoken on the future, she'll never be here again. How much does sanity relate to what goes on inside our minds, or in our hearts? It's relativity disguised as opportunity to start, one more time. Is he too jaded, or too frustrated? Back through that door So little time To balance out his mind He's waiting Undated For a decision He knows will change everything She's frozen Words unspoken On a future She'll never be it's gonna change everything now that she's in his heart she'll never be here
0: again okay that was true believers by russ rankin and uh yeah a great little chat with russ hope you enjoyed that listeners uh here on talking hockey the hockey talking show Tuned into UMFM 101.5 in Winnipeg, and uh, maybe you're listening to this as a podcast after the fact. Um, yeah, so uh, that was a fun, fun chat with Russ. Uh, we met him at the hotel there to do the interview. The Travel Lodge on Firmore. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we just kind of like we're like, hey, uh, here's an empty room. Let's go in there. And then the I don't know the hotel manager or whoever it was was like. Well, you, you asked Randy, you said, hey, do
2: you well, yeah.
1: can we, can we talk, can we, do, is it okay if we do an interview, uh, yeah. <laughs> in this room over here, like there's an empty lounge and then they're like, Oh, what's the interview about stripping? <laughs> uh, I guess <laughs> the, the, maybe that bar is notorious for, <laughs> I, is that, that profession? Yeah. Uh, and then we were like, no, it's about hockey. And they're like, yeah. Oh, perfect. Come like, on, go on, on in. i locked yeah. the door. And we talked to Russ, uh, and we made a new friend, like the, the little janitor there. Uh, yeah. He saw he my our, sweater, yeah, which yeah. Uh,
0: <clears throat> says churro, which is the, my hometown. And. He was familiar with churro having i think he said he was from halifax or something so yeah um that was uh, that was a good
1: time and uh, yeah so um and we also got some bonus clips from russ that we can play at a future episode right, yeah he t- told us a bit more about um his hockey playing experience yeah. so uh tune in for that in a future episode
0: yeah we'll, we'll throw in a little clip here and there um yeah it was interesting because we never really got to that we were just talking almost purely about scouting and stuff like that because that's a devils. whole thats a whole world um, that I don't really you know need, I don't know anything about scouting really and I always it's fascinating like um, one time I drove a scout I had a job um, kind of shuffling shuttling people around and I drove a, a, a guy who was a scout back to his uh, house or whatever and um I was grilling him the whole way, and I could tell he didn't want to talk at all. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh, so like, what's it? What are you looking for? <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, do you want to come see me play <laughs> yeah, later yeah. tonight?" My like, gear's in the back. There's a rink right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just get me to the Super Eight, kid. <laughs>
0: yeah. So um, yeah, we got a couple of minutes left in the show today, and uh, we thought we'd maybe just talk a little bit uh, about the NHL season that's just getting underway. Uh, kicked off in Prague between Nashville and San Jose on the weekend Um, but the most of the rest of the teams don't get going until after Thanksgiving weekend um, next week so uh, uh, one one of the pieces of news I saw today uh, Brad Lambert Jets uh, 30th overall pick in this year's draft sent down to the ahl manitoba moose um he's been causing quite a sensation uh amongst jets fans which Um, has
1: been nice like some fresh and excitement you know
0: yeah yeah there's i think a lot of potential there uh that you know people see and and we've heard about this guy since he was 16 i'm pretty sure yeah like yeah world World
1: juniors past couple years yeah.
0: yeah yeah um so yeah, what's your take on sort of his uh, development path here? Like, um, some people thought maybe he'd get a chance with the Jets, but uh, it's not looking that way, obviously. he's But he's going to get some valuable time with the Moose and the AHL. So do you, do you like that, uh, or what, what do you think?
1: I think it's a great move. If you think back to Morrissey and Kyle Connor, those guys put in their time with the Moose and look at them now. They're, they're vital pieces uh, of the Winnipeg Jets. Um, I just first and foremost it's nice to get excited about something here in Winnipeg because of the last couple of years that we've had it just kind of like mm. bad decision or or just uninspired play so it's just nice to like it's kind of like it's been the missing piece since Patrick Line Liney left like the Jets might win or lose or whatever and that was there was some uncertainty but like there was always some sort of excitement around Liney and yeah. scoring or something funny or like his character or yeah. whatever so it's kind of nice like and like Lambert, and he's got the nickname Big Bad Brad, you know, <laughs> from Nate Schmidt or whatever. So it just—it's been kind of a new, some new, fresh excitement.
0: Yeah, I would say. yeah, and the, and the fans around these parts need it for sure. It's uh, it's nice to have um, something to cheer about. You know, maybe the wins won't be there this year. I think they will be, but maybe they won't. But you know, there's young guys to get excited about. You know, Cole Perfetti's looked great in the uh, in the uh, preseason and whatnot, but. Uh, well, we're pretty much out of time here, so we're going to throw it to a song. Uh, talking about Brad Lambert, Big Bad Brad, scratching the potential of it, uh, scratching the surface of his potential. Here is Sloan with a brand new track called Scratching the Surface. How do you like that little segue, Randy?
1: <laughs> and actually uh, I just learned that Sloan is coming to Winnipeg in the spring. Uh, you know, maybe oh, there's we'll a potential have... future guest. I'm sure they like you know tossing the biscuit around. Absolutely. Uh, you know, but yeah. and also Sloan's got a brand new record on the on the way as you That's told right.
0: me. That's right. Yeah. So uh yeah, Go uh, pre-save the new album, and here's Sloan with Scratching the Surface on Talkin' Hockey, the Hockey Talkin' Show. Keep your stick on the ice.
2: When you're alone in the city, no one knows your name. Alone in the city, everybody feels the same. There's something living on the other side. Scratch the surface. There's something.